Today on In the Weeds, we have the privilege of sitting down with Andrea Miller, a cosmetologist and small business owner who went on a Kensington short-term trip to Nepal a few years ago. And she keeps going back. In fact, she's probably there right now as this podcast is shared. Andrea's story shows how God works within us and through us. He transforms and mobilizes. You're invited to listen in. So, hello, Andrea. Hi. So, to my left here is Kristen. So, say hello to Kristen. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Andrea. Nice to meet you. (laughs) Nice to meet you, too. So, Andrea, I'm trying to think of the first time I met you, and I believe it was the salon Mm -hmm. above, what was it called then? The Pepper Tree. The Pepper Tree, Mm -hmm. yes. And uh, you were doing my wife's hair, and that was how many years ago? It was probably about 20 so 20, 20 years ago 20 is the first time ago. I met you. So you've been yeah. doing my wife's hair for 20 years. Yeah. And so the relationship there and the friendship, and we'll get into that. Um, and you work together now, right? We do. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Now we work together. I'm so excited to talk to you about Nepal because I went in 2018 or 19. Did you go in 2019? Yeah. Fall of 19. I must have gone in 2018. And I just love um, the work that Kensington's partner our Daughters International does there to rescue and rehabilitate. Um, And also our sponsorship program, No Child, that really is doing like preventative measures for vulnerable girls. This will be your third time going Mm -hmm. to Nepal. And because you're you're not just a stylist, you're a business owner. Yes. And how long have you owned a salon? Um, 17 years. So 17 years, you're a business owner. Mm-hmm. So you're taking this experience of being a stylist mm-hmm. on top of being a business owner, mm-hmm. going to Nepal for the third time. Yeah. And so working with Ramesh and our daughters, what will this trip look like? What are you going to be focused on? So this trip, I will be focusing more on running the business, helping the daughters, you know, with everyday operations, hiring, um, tracking, social media, marketing, uh, more more on the business end. Now he wants you to learn TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> That's just going to make me laugh, Mike. What are you saying? Yeah, learn TikTok I now. Know. These girls in yeah. Nepal really want to know TikTok yeah. Yeah. and how to use that to help market yeah, their business. Is there a big difference between what a salon looks like in Nepal and then what it looks like in the U.S.? Um, just a smaller version, I would say. So... I'll give you a little example of kind of try to paint the picture. So they are about 400 square feet. Mm. They would have a small front desk and two chairs, styling chairs. Mm -hmm. And then they would have a shampoo bowl and maybe um, like a waxing table or something like that. So really tiny space. So same things we have in ours, but much closer together. We started off really heavy with women's cutting. Um, but men's cutting is really what's more important over there for a couple of reasons. And the big one is they can get up and running really quick. So we can train them how to do men's barbering in a couple months. We're learning how to do women's hair. It could take two years. We can take them from the training center and get them out in the field, making money and providing for themselves and their families a lot quicker doing barbering. So this trip is going to be more specific on that as well. Hmm. Yeah. What would be you know, like a long-term goal that is like to be met? Yeah. So the big vision goal would be to have 250 salons across the country. Wow. Of Nepal. We're at 10. They just opened their 10th. 
Wow. So they have a big vision and it's super exciting and I definitely think they can do it. And your part in this is so it's going to be training these, and these girls are young girls? Like what are yeah. the age of these girls that yeah. you're training? They are, I would say, 16 to 22. Describe these girls, what they've gone through and um, your experience with them. Gosh, so they've gone to the darkest place on earth, in my opinion. Um, they are very humble, very sweet, uh, kind, loving, affectionate. Um, they're, you know, they, they are your average girl, your average daughter, but I would say they kind of emulate like a 14 year old here, you know, Mm -hmm. um, they're just so sweet. They're sweet. They're kind. You can probably speak to that. Yeah. I was thinking, I love that our, our global partner in Nepal, our daughter's international um, the founder Ramesh, who you have a good, mm-hmm. a close relationship with, he really calls these girls um, our daughters instead of survivors, mm-hmm. and he never calls them victims. So these women and girls have been rescued from human trafficking, and then, and then they're so invested in the rehabilitation process that the girls are given a hopeful future. They're not just left. Um, you know, without a way to be self-sustaining. And so that's where you come in. Not only have they received the skills for hairdressing, um, but now they're going to be able to thrive as a small business yeah. and and help one another. Yeah. What's the name of, of the salons? They're calling them Perfect Cuts. Okay, so they're a franchise. Yeah. Perfect Cuts. Yeah, yeah. So franchising is kind of part of this trip. So they're not yet franchised, but we're talking about possibly creating a franchise so that when a daughter graduates from the training center, if she wants to open a business, open a salon, she could go back to her village and do her own, or she could do a Perfect Cuts and... And they're given a lot of options for um, their career paths, right? Like they they don't Mm -hmm. have to choose salons, but that's an option if they're interested. Yeah, so I think they have tailoring, um, cosmetology, fast food, culinary. The newest one is electrician, which they've had quite a bit of interest in. What made you go on the, the trip the first time? A whim. Honestly, you know, Linda came into work one day. So for those listening, Linda is my wife. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She came into work one day and said, hey, one of Kensington's global partners is looking for people to come over and teach cosmetology. Do you want to go? And I just, yeah. I mean, I was so eager. I just said, yeah. I didn't even know what I was signing up for, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Really, like, it was just a really quick yes. Yeah, it definitely was more, because I had so many things that, I think had went haywire and wrong where I was trying to like make my own decisions where this I felt like was like stop trying to manage your own life and just say yes yeah and so I think I quickly said yes but that was really the backstory to it was it it did feel more like an obedience so there's a lot more to the whim yeah, I call it a whim, it. but now, yeah, kind of picking it apart, yeah. I think that there's a lot more to the, yeah. So I got really nervous about the travel, the time in traveling, I think was what I got hung up on the most. 
um, I wasn't I wasn't fearful of going to Nepal or a different country. It was really the logistics of getting there mm-hmm. that I was more nervous about. And once once we got there, it was it's a beautiful country. I mean, the countryside's beautiful. The people are beautiful. Um, has a really has a really relaxed vibe. Hmm. You know, very comfortable. Um, I never felt uncomfortable when we were there. And I think I think part of me expected it to be a little more, maybe high tension, maybe a little scary, um, but it it wasn't that at all. I mean, I felt really comfortable from the second we landed to the second we left. Mm. We we went to the safe house when we first got there and got to do a dinner and an evening with. And quickly, just the safe house is a yeah. place. Once these girls are rescued from the border, they're yeah. put in these safe houses and then taken care of. And yeah, yeah. that's where the main rehabilitation happens. So they're going to spend probably about six months in the safe house before they go on to the training center. So most of the girls that were in the safe house were new, you know. So it was just a really sweet night. We just all had dinner together. We danced. We prayed. Um, we worshipped. And, uh, and then the next day we went and met with the girls at the training center. So those girls, it was really interesting to see the progress that was made from the safe house to the training center, how much rehabilitation had been done. What, what tugged at your heart? Do you remember? I think the biggest tug at my heart was just how vulnerable they were with where they had come from. You know, they, they were... I don't want to say eager to share their stories, but they weren't afraid to share their stories. And when I say the rehabilitation from the safe house to the training center, I think that's what was so neat was to see how quiet and inward they were at the safe house. And then they would get to the training center Mm -hmm. and, you know, they wanted to share their stories. They wanted Mm -hmm. to tell you what had happened to them. Seeing them believe and trust in a God and worship a God when they've come from such a severe circumstance was just convicting in my own heart for being able to do the same thing. You also shared that you witnessed um, the rehabilitation and it was like redemption. Yeah. You see the redemption. So God's faithful back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He's definitely faithful back. I mean, I wasn't there obviously, but to me, it seems like it would paint a greater picture of who God is seeing these these girls in the situation they were in to have that much gratitude and love for a God. So the God that they see is immense. Yeah. And I don't know if I see that same God all the time. Right. But somehow they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's probably what I would say, it, where I would say it did, you know, it softened my heart was just seeing the broadness of their love for a God and how, how big he really is and Mm -hmm. how many avenues of your life he, he's in everything. Yeah. I thought that when I was there, it's amazing that somebody could be so hurt in life and then choose to trust. Yeah. So it's after experiencing all of that, then to look at some strangers who care about you Mm -hmm. and to be open um, and ready to receive 
the gift of kindness and friendship and prayer and um it feels like a miracle it really does yeah that's a good way to put it Mm -hmm. but the second you walk in they're just they're just full of this like love and joy it's really Mm -hmm. like did it surprise you yeah it did it really did i expected them to be much more wounded and yeah and whatnot and they they weren't that's amazing it really yeah it was Mm -hmm. amazing when I first met Linda, my stance on God was not for me. Not for me, don't need it. And that was... <laughs> yeah, that was clear. That was clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did yeah. you pull her hair yeah. when she mentioned Jesus? No, no, <laughs> no. Because no, oddly, I mean, looking back on it, I was surrounded by so many Kensington people. Right. I mean, I was literally sitting in the middle of like a village of Kensington people and here I was. You know, and everybody always talked about it, and I never took it personally. I just was kind of like, it's just not for me. I didn't grow up in a Christian home, so mm-hmm. it was really looking back, it was just foreign. I didn't even, I didn't know. I really needed somebody to tuck me under their wing and kind of show me the way. Yeah. And so that's really what happened with Linda was we ran a marathon together. Yeah. So it's kind of like Good things. For you. Well, things Thanks. flip. This is crazy because. Mm-hmm. Linda's the one who asked you about Nepal, mm-hmm. but I think you're the one who asked Linda about the marathon. Did, yeah, yeah. So you asked her, she says yes. Yeah. You guys trained together for months and months. Yeah. Run the full marathon. Yep. Raise money for the Hope Water Project. Oh, it was on behalf of yeah. the Pocot people in yeah, Kenya. You both yes. have tattoos <gasps> of the Hope yep. Water. Dude, so it was a really yeah. cool experience for, for both of you, not just you, but yeah. for Linda as well. Just talk about that journey of, I'm not interested in God and Jesus. Mm-hmm. To running a marathon for Hope Water. Yeah. To going to Nepal. Okay. So in running with Linda, one thing she was really great at was she never she was never pushy. You know, so we would show up for Saturday morning runs, they'd open with prayer and off we would go. And I really I didn't really think much past that, honestly. I just thought marathon, bucket list, like yeah, let's do this. This will be fun. We'll get to know each other better, you know. Um, But she was so gracious at sharing little nuggets every week, you know, little nuggets of scripture or just life happenings, stuff like that. And so it kind of made the shift by the time we got to training for about 10 miles to where it was like I was now asking questions. So we opened that business everything starts to become very fruitful and just very like, I felt like God was calling me to open a business, but kind of more as like a um, kind of a safe place for women in the community, you know, that they could come and... It really is a counseling center. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) Slash salon. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and just, you know, we're, you can come in your jammies, you can come with no makeup, you know, we don't, we don't have the vibe of being this high maintenance Mm -hmm. business. And so I think that's one great thing about what we offer in the community. Shortly after that, I ended up getting divorced. And that was really where, that was like kind of the bottom. It was like I had met God and then I felt like I broke God's heart by getting divorced. Um, Mm. So then Nepal trip, it's like, Mm -hmm. sure, I'll go. Mm -hmm. And what happened on the Nepal trip for you personally? Yeah, so so personally on the Nepal trip, I felt very called to get baptized. I felt like that was, I felt like God just had me there. You know, the marathon, I tell people, it was when I met Jesus. And 
when I was in Nepal and got baptized, I would say that's when I gave my life. Mm. That's a beautiful story. Mm -hmm. Do you want to describe your baptism for us? (laughs) Um, Sure. Yeah. Um, So who baptized you? So I went with a group of women, which was such a special group. We all have just had such a really sweet friendship ever since. So um, there were seven of us there and they all got in the pool with me. Um, And Karen Nicholas, who was our leader, she's the one that actually baptized me. Mm. Um, But all the girls got in the pool with me and uh, did it. We all did it together. What was it about Nepal that made your heart shift and like ready, ready to say, Jesus, take my life? Yeah. Yeah. Seeing those daughters, just seeing them so like seeing what they came from to where they were and they they believed in him every inch yeah right mm-hmm. and so i just that was very convicting to myself because they have every reason not to they have every reason not to right and at the end of the day i really don't have a reason hmm. you know so it was just kind of a just it was a wake up for me like what are you sitting around waiting for he, he couldn't be any more obvious. He couldn't be any more invested in you and knowing you. You felt him calling you. Yeah, I mean. It, all this while. All yeah. the while I felt so called. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like he really does know you. Mm-hmm. And because this whole plan that he put together, it's like, it's it's it took your passion. Because mm-hmm. you did have a passion for hair. You yeah. have a passion for hair, but then yep. it was business. Yep. I want to run a business. It took yep. your passion for that. And he's used that passion now to have an impact 7,000 miles away yeah. for these girls in Nepal. Mm-hmm. And it's also, wait, she uses this, she uses hair mm-hmm. to impact women here locally. Yeah, not, yeah, mm-hmm. Like here this well. is a safe place mm-hmm. for you. And then she's going all the way to Nepal and using the same skill set to empower women there. It's very. It is. That's very true. Yeah, it's, it's happening. It's in both fun places. to sit down and like talk it through like this. I'm a walking testimony of that. I yeah. mean, he he knit it together so like intimately for me. Yeah, and I think it's a story that you can tell these girls as well mm-hmm. when you're over in Nepal. Yeah. He knows you. Yeah, and these girls are now going to be business owners just like you are, mm-hmm. and making an impact in their community. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. Andrea, it's amazing how God knew just what you needed to fully trust in Him. And what these women needed in your business expertise. Yeah, I, for me it was really cool because I've had a kind of a front row seat. It's beautiful the transformation that happened in your life, and then hearing your story again. But just all the details, how God put things together, orchestrated everything, so you could be on your third trip to Nepal. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you were to go back to Andrea fifteen years ago and say, "Hey," You're going to take three trips to Nepal to help these girls start salons. <laughs> what would you say 15 years ago to yourself? That'll never happen. I mean, I just I just wouldn't have never believed it would happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because only God can do something like that. He yeah. does more than we ever could hope or imagine. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So thank you for coming in and sharing your story. Thank, thank you, you for so having me, Andrea. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to Kensington Podcast Network In the Weeds with Kristen Pelletier and Mike Nelson. Stay tuned for future episodes. 
And to learn more about the Kensington Podcast Network, you can visit kensingtonchurch.org slash listen.